And I think a lot of therapists, we just need to just be firm and stand our ground and eventually things will change. Um, you know, we shouldn't be taking jobs that are paying, you know, really low wages and have no nursing support or anything like that, because it's just, it's not fair on you as a clinician, but it's also not fair on the patient. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Have you ever been in a situation in your clinical practice that you've been unhappy or you felt something is lacking or you just think that where you need to be as a dentist, as a therapist, as a student, whatever you are, you're not living to your full potential. I've been through something similar before and I guess I took massive action. And I don't wanna to elaborate too much on my story because my guest today is just gonna do so much justice for this episode and, and I want you to hear her story because it's just so inspiring. I just, I just love everything that Laura Bailey has achieved and you know she's going from strength to strength and I'm gonna introduce her properly in a moment. But to, to just rewind the years a little bit with myself, I, when I woke up from my Saturday job, I was working in mixed, mixed practice, I got to a stage where I had this sick feeling in my stomach and I looked at my wife and I said, I said, Sim, I, I don't think I want to go to work today. This is something that's, I've never felt this way before. I'm a bit of a workaholic and I, it just, I just felt like it was toxic. Not because the practice was toxic or whatever, it's just that I, at the time, in the system, in the place I was working, I felt that I was just overworked and I felt as though uh, I was not uh, achieving my goals as a dentist, achieving my goals as someone who loves to learn and grow as a dentist. So uh, at that time, I felt as though I had to take massive action. And I took massive action because I handed in my notice and eventually we moved to Singapore. Like we did something absolutely crazy, okay? So the theme of this episode is to take massive action. Now my favorite definition of massive action, and what I mean by massive action is to commit to taking action until you get the desired result. Let me say that again, you commit to taking action until you get your desired result. Now, it sounds very easy to do, but how many people think of us about doing something, they toy with an idea, or the risk is too great and they, and they shy away. What I mean is that you commit to something and then you work on it until it gets done, okay? Let me make it even more tangible for you, okay? Imagine you're a dentist who's done lots of courses now on implants, okay? And you're just getting one or two implant cases a month and you're like, whoa, this is, I mean, I've made this huge investment in time. I feel as though implants are my passion and I'm just not getting enough cases to, to actually make it worthwhile. And maybe then you lose your mojo, you lose your excitement, you lose your clinical hand skills that you've paid so much money for on these courses, right? So what are you gonna do? Are you and just like uh, you know, do like a, a bit more of a marketing campaign, or, or you fall into a trap of just continuing on and plodding on and not really uh, getting the result you want. For example, Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome or a different result. So if you're just plodding along and you're not really uh, doing much, yes, you could be doing extra marketing campaigns, you could be um, spending an extra hour here and there doing something, but that's not massive action, okay? Massive action for that dentist in that exact scenario I mentioned, this is just me just making it up, I'm just coming up with some suggestions, is uh, massive action for that dentist would be actually blocking out an entire day in their diary, just blocking it out and say, this is for implants only, that's it. I'm not gonna see anything else but implants on this day. Uh, and what you would do then is, on the first few days where you don't have any patients booked, right, because you've just implemented it, on that day, you don't start seeing emergencies, you don't start um, 
going on other courses which are not related to it to implants what you then do on that day is during that time slot you work on getting more implant patients in your chair, whatever it is, okay? Whether it's you uh, having to then work on your marketing campaign or you having to uh, speak to local dentists for, for referrals, whatever it needs to be. So either you're treating implant patients or you're working on that goal to actually get implant patients to you. So that is a definition of massive action rather than just um, being comfortable and being doing these tiny little things which aren't gonna yield a lot of result. So that is one example, but wait till you hear this next example from Laura. You're gonna hear it from Laura. So Laura is the therapist that I work with on Fridays. Uh, me and her, she we qualified uh, 2013, so same time. She qualified from, from Manchester, I was in Sheffield, and we met uh, at uh, where I work now on Fridays at the Richmond Dentist uh, with one of our, you know, the, the best people I can ever ask for as a principal. His name is Hap, uh, great guy, really, really forward-thinking, excellent dentist, really high-end kind of stuff. Uh, and we just have, you know, we have this like happy little family that work together on Fridays and she is just so much fun. You might have seen her on Instagram, on TikTok. She's just the, the most bubbliest person. She's just so enthusiastic and so much fun to be around. So me and her do get along quite well. So I'm excited to get this episode out to you. So listen to Laura's story. She she is a dental therapist, okay? She's a hygienist therapist, uh, and so I don't want you to think, oh, okay, I'm a dentist or whatever, and I'm not gonna learn something. No, 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 this is far from the truth, okay? She is someone who went from doing, uh, very commonly, hygiene only, okay, and then taking a sabbatical in her career and coming back with a vengeance. And now she's doing so many composite bonding cases that actually, that's become probably a bigger part of her list than the hygiene, okay? It's a new problem, it's a, it's a problem that, you know, every a therapist would love to have. Okay, so many therapists they qualify and then they de-skill and they stop placing composites. Okay, not only that, but but Laura, like the amount of courses she's done in occlusion, in composite bonding of various different schools of thought is just inspiring. Okay, so she has basically taken massive action. So this episode, if anything, I want it to inspire you to take massive action, which is the protrusive dental pearl for today. You need to take massive action, just like how I described. I gave you one example, and now the entire case study of Laura, where you can listen to now, is an example of taking massive action. Take massive action today, write something down that you're gonna do, and you're gonna commit to until you get the desired result. Patrice Rati, I'm Jazz Galati, and let's listen to Laura on how to take massive action for success in dentistry. Laura Bailey, my partner in crime, welcome to the Producer Dental Podcast. How are you? I'm very good. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Um, I was absolutely honoured when you asked me. I'm so happy to have you on. So those that don't know, uh, me and Laura work together on Fridays at the moment at a place called the Richmond Dentist, uh, which has been our home for many years now. You started there first. In fact, I met you, I think I first met you at the Christmas party. So let me, let me get, uh, tell everyone the story, right? Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Laura. Um, it was around about 2012 or 2013. I was newly qualified or about to qualify. Uh, and I reached out to Hap as someone I really respected. We connected over Twitter. Uh, and he said to me, hey, Jazz, why don't you come down to our uh, Christmas party? So every year we have a Christmas party. Uh, and then I, I, I saw you and we started to talk. And, and you had just recently accepted the job, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong in a moment. You had recently accepted a job. And then I found out you qualified from Manchester, I think, and it was roughly the same year. And I was like, wait, how, are you, how do you land working in this lovely private practice. We were having a, a chat about that. Do you remember that? Have I got it right, Laura? Yeah, okay. So firstly, I didn't. I can't even remember meeting you, Jazz. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, if, if only I'd known. Um, no, I am... Um, yeah, I think I just qualified for Manchester, um, completely fresh out of uni uh, 2013, and moved down to London and thought, 
I'll just look for jobs. And it's it's unheard of to, you know, get walk into a private practice job. Um, but there, I, I got this interview, and I thought, why not just go along? And um, it was terrifying, obviously. Um, but later that day, I got offered the job, and I, I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, I, I had a no experience, um, but you know what happens like, he, he, he just sees an opportunity, and, he, you know, he, he could see that I would work well there, and obviously... The rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> but you know what, Laura, that yeah. speaks a lot about you because you, you say about it's, it's unheard of to, you know, whether you're a dentist or, or like yourself, a, a therapist, you know, it doesn't matter which niche within dentistry you're in, but you're right, it's very difficult to just qualify and expect a private practice role. So firstly, kudos to you for even applying. What, what was going through your mind when you were applying? Like, what, would you, what at some point, do you like not click the send button because you thought, no, there's no point or... Yeah, kind of. Uh, to be honest, I, I I did think, you know, why would they take me? I have no experience. But I think you've got to think, yes, I've just qualified and there's probably a lot that I have to learn. But I also have, you know, some good qualities in terms of like customer relations and service, because I think sometimes we forget that, you know, we're just dent like dentists or therapists just drilling teeth, cleaning guns but actually it's so much more than that it's about building relationships rapport empathy um and i think you know if you if you are new out of uni focusing on something like that you, those skills can you know people will snap you up because you, you can learn the other stuff later but having those core customer skills i think is really important so i think yeah that's what got me the the job you're so right, Laura. And I think Hap really had his head screwed on right. And he still does, Hap. You're still okay. He still needs to come on the podcast. He's going to talk about how to absolutely dominate virtual consultations and stuff. So, you know, he's just making time with him. It's funny, right? He's my principal and he just can't come on because he's just so such a busy guy. But um, he needs to come on to, to speak about that. But with him being him, I like the fact that he had this sort of agenda to hire for attitude, right? So he knew that you he was taking a little bit of risk with you. And you know what? He took a risk. He took a risk with me as well. Because I actually interviewed for him before I went to Singapore, like uh, informally. And I came dressed in my suit and uh, he was like, Jazz, this is not an interview, by the way. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I still want to make a good effort. And he sort of said, look, I'm not, because at, at the time, <clears throat> at the time is a one-man show. Him and the endodontist, right? Uh, Caesar. Hi, Caesar. Yeah. Uh, uh, and basically, uh, he had never thought that at that time that his team would grow to what it is now so he's now got uh, three associates uh, yourself and we have Lordes now so a couple of therapists we've got uh, Caesar the endodontist he's got a big team now right so he's doing a lot of the more complex stuff which is great and he never thought his team would expand. So at that time, he was the Gill Clinic. It was a one-man show. And he took a he saw something in me, just like he saw something in you, and he took a risk on us. So kudos to Hap yeah. and kudos to any principal out there who's willing to hire for attitude and forget the fact that, okay, this might not be the fully polished article just yet, but I see a spark in that person. What do you have to say to someone who's listening right now who's maybe a principal and they're worried about taking a risk with a young dentist or a, a, a therapist who's fresh out of um, school? Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. 
So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this, the Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Yeah, I mean, it just it goes to show, you know, I, what I started there in 2013, it's 2021. Um, I had a little sabbatical, but apart from that, I've, I've worked that practice. So when you find the right people, work doesn't feel like work. It feels like a little family. Um, and Hap always says that. And I think if you look for, you know, the right traits and, you know, honesty, humbleness, all of that, I think you can develop that person and almost like be a mentor to them Um, and I think actually you know hiring someone straight out of uni is is such a good opportunity um, because they have no preconceptions and and you know you can really guide them so I I would say it's really really great you should definitely look into hiring someone's Brilliant. And I think I love working Fridays with you, Laura, because you have such a great energy and I, I love your TikToks. And I think we, we, feed, we feed ideas of each other. We do stupid dances sometimes. Uh, and it's just so much fun. And one of the, one of the values of our practice is um, good vibes, right? And I think um, when, I, when I work with you, when I work with Nat, when Debbie's on the desk, Lizzie, everyone's there that day, there's vibe like no other. So I think every practice should aspire to that. Um, what do you think, having been in the industry a while now, when you walk into a clinic, what is it that you're looking for that, that, that can tell a young therapist or a young dentist that, okay, this is the clinic for me? Any, any signs that you've noted that there's a hallmark of that kind of a clinic? Um, I would say, obviously, you don't want you know a place that's had a high staff turnover because that indicates potentially problems. Um, so, you know, staff that have been there for a while, um, years, um, I would say uh, you can tell pretty quickly. It's just uh, it's good vibes. It's exactly that. You go in, you know, the receptionist is really friendly, really lovely. And, you know, they, they ask the right questions of you, you know. Yeah, they care. I think I think you can you can just pick up. It's like a sixth sense. But I think the the biggest thing is the being, the staff being there for years and being really friendly with each other. I totally agree with you. Staff turnover is a real shame, and uh, and it's one of the reasons I, I've said it on the podcast before. One of the reasons I joined that practice recently last year in, in Reading is they had this list on the at, at the front when I was interviewing of name of every single receptionist and nurse and how many years of service they've done to that practice. And it's like 34 years, 28 years, 24 years, 17 years, 15 years. Like, it's crazy. So that's one thing that attracted me. And, I, and I, so therefore, I completely agree with you, Laura. Laura. We've taken a little bit of a detour. I want to go back to your journey because I think your yeah. journey is so inspiring because yeah. the, the, the moral of your story, I don't want to ruin your story, but the moral of your story is like, you don't have to f- have it all figured out so soon because one of the reasons I have you on there is to inspire therapists and dentists because you do a lot of bonding cases. But... Uh, most of the therapists that I know and work with and I, I love uh, there's so many therapists out there I love shout out to, to Morgan from um, Booper in Summertown I used to love working with you and, and Louise but but uh, what I find is that a lot of therapists they are in a tough position yes we will talk about the whole lack of a nurse assistance we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that because I think we should I think you know this podcast has to touch on that mm-hmm. but I think you get into a habit of doing hygiene 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 and then the therapy just gets left behind. You don't get to do your restorations. You lose confidence. And therefore, you never do a restoration again. Uh, so what I see in you is someone who um, had this interesting journey, which you'll cover now. But it wasn't always you're doing bonding cases. You were predominantly doing hygiene cases. Can you just tell us about your journey and how it evolved? Yeah, so um came out of university. I absolutely love the therapy side of things. Um, I was doing all these like buckle, like restorations, all inside ledges. I, I, I just love the creativity and all of that. Um, and came out and, and figured out that actually the world wasn't set up back then for therapists, really. Um, 
So got this hygiene job. I worked in NHS practice as well as working at um, a hat space. And I just felt like I was becoming a scaling machine. You know, there was no scope to do any therapy. Um, it was just gums, gums, gums. And I felt massively out of practice. You know, the thought of picking up a handpiece was terrifying. You know, I had this fear of the pulp, which... <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's honestly, because in, in my final year at university, I my last case presentation, I actually exposed and that haunted me and and having you know not having picked up a handpiece for years and years and years I thought okay well therapy's obviously not going to happen and I fell out of love with hygiene because you know it, th there is so much you know there's only so much you can learn about perio and all of that and, and I feel like I want to constantly learn so I left dentistry basically I thought I wouldn't come back that's crazy Laura so what made you what made you finally decide that okay that's it yeah I think it was when I woke up in the morning and I felt like anxiety and stress at the fact that I had to go and do this job and pretend to be happy to patients when I, I wasn't enjoying it. And I just thought, oh, I just, yeah, which sounds, it sounds really like awful um, that, you know, it got to that stage, but it, it literally was, you know, my back hurt. I was working far too many hours. I felt absolutely drained and I just lost my passion and I knew it wasn't fair to patients you know, because it's their health and all of that. So I just thought I, I've got to leave. So yeah, left and I, I still worked in dentistry in sorts. I was a clinical business development manager for a dental company, mm -hmm. but um, I quickly realized that I, I really did miss, you know, patients and that interaction and, you know, the, the feeling of having a team and that family unit and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, so I begged Hap to give me give me his job back. I, I remember that. I remember that because at that point I'd started working um, for Hap uh, and then he just sent me an email saying, oh, Laura's starting in. I was like, what? This is amazing. Uh, so I was so <laughs> happy to hear you're coming back. But but to, just just to rewind yeah. a bit, before you left dentistry, your your runaway period, your sabbatical, uh, which is awesome, by the way, I think that's that's such a cool part of the story. Um, you weren't doing much therapy, right? None, absolutely none. Which is commonplace, right? Which is which is like most, which is what most therapists are doing, right? I think you, you're in a better position to tell me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely like a, a movement now, but back then I, I, there was yeah, there was it's mainly just like NHS therapists, and there wasn't that many jobs going. My question is then, yeah, Laura, when you came back, then tell me about Laura 2.0. Like, what what was your mindset coming back? Because there, there was definitely a shift. There must have been a change. Because when you came back, you're like, right, yeah. we're going to start doing uh, EMS airflow. Um, you begged Hap for it. You you twisted his arm, uh, and then you're like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do bonding cases, like, and I'm gonna do them to the, the fantastic high caliber that you do it. I'm so proud of you. I love seeing your cases. But how can you how can you give this Laura juice to all the therapists out there so they can they can be like Laura like what, what is it like how do you bottle that up to be honest I think it was you know starting to see the Instagram um scene you know people started to post more stuff um uh, and how you could market yourself and create a business and I, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial and I thought this is really exciting like I want to champion this I want to I want to do it and uh, I think it started yeah it started with the EMS the GBT uh, guided biofilm therapy and I I just thought okay if I can solve the part of hygiene that I just didn't like, which was the the mindlessly ultrasonic scaling biofilm that you can't see, if I can solve that and, and make that really satisfying, and then then I can go on to maybe implementing some therapy, then I could find a, a job that I'm going to be really, really happy with for a very long time, for years to come. So 
the the GBT was first because that was um pretty simple. It, well, it wasn't simple, but it was it was obviously uh, hard to get it in. But eventually, um, it, it's been amazing. Can, can we talk about that, Laura? Can we can we talk about the conversations you have to have at work to really get HAP or get your principal to really put their trust in you to make such a big move, which is like a big business decision as well. So tell us what you guys had to do, what sacrifices you had to make or whatever to be able to yeah. make it happen uh, so that maybe some therapists out there now who want to maybe um, implement that, because I'm a huge fan of EMS, like, you know, you've, you've completely converted me uh, into, into just lo- loving it and what it does for our patients and our patients love it. But tell us about how it came with a fee increase. How did patients take it? How did um, changing the appointment slots go? Like, how do you start implementing it? And how do you have those difficult conversations? I, th- I do find a lot of ther- therapists and hygienists, they struggle with, you know, approaching their principal and all of that. And I, I've done um, a webinar with SDA online with EMS and it's um, it's on their website. I think it's about an hour. So if you want to learn more about it. Um, but basically, um, you, you just got to basically create your case. So you need to understand um, all the clinical benefits, but also the finance. Because I think we forget that dentistry is also business. It needs to function and make a profit. So what I did was I figured out how much the room needed to make per day, um, how much, how long it's going to take us for for us to pay off the machine, and then how much increase price increase we needed to go from there. And I think when you present it like that um, to a principal owner, it's almost a no brainer because they they can see how it's going to be paid for, they can see the clinical benefits, they can see how patients are going to be happier. So why would they say no, right? And in terms of increasing the prices, I haven't had one single patient complain about the prices once they've experienced it that, that that's the key word once they've experienced it so they might have a little bit of um uh backlash initially like what you in it what can you just give us a, a tangible number like percentage wise how much should you have to increase it or, or just the actual numbers if you want yeah so it went from 59 for half an hour to 75 so it is quite a lot yeah and i think even now it, it maybe should have been a bit more and people would have still been happy to pay for it so um I think, to be honest, price isn't an issue once once patients experience it. They really value the the no pain, the warm water, all of that. So I wouldn't worry too much about price increase, to be honest. Brilliant. Was our principal HAP concerned about uh, the price increase, or you know, HAP's mindset is pretty good when it comes to money. So I don't know. I, I don't know why how he responded. Was he was he completely cool with it? Like, yeah, let's do it. Or was he a bit reserved? Um, he was like, let's do it. Like I trust trust you. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you need the principal with the right mindset about money. Uh, because as you've seen, the money is sometimes... This is something Hap taught me, actually, that money is often a problem that the dentist has. Uh, and it's not the fee. The fee is something that is not bothering the patient. It's bothering the dentist more than anything. So that's something that Hap taught me, actually. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it tells you, you have to believe in your worth and the fees that you're setting because otherwise patients, yeah, they sense that, you know, you're not comfortable with that. When you came back to the Richmond Dentist and we were United and I've seen your evolution uh, into doing more bonding, which is amazing. Tell us about that. Like, so tell us about how the process started, what you needed to do to to get your course. Because I think essentially it's about confidence, right? You had a sabbatical, so you're, okay, you need to come back into it and you start using the EMS, get your hand back into it. But then what made you do that quantum leap? And it is a quantum leap, right? To go to actually mm-hmm. yeah. outside of your comfort zone to start offering bonding to patients. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's probably the scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's terrifying. Um, and a lot of it, um, we know when you're starting out, is faking it until you make it. You know, learning 
doing YouTube videos. And, but, you know, I just I just booked on, you know, the top three composite courses that I people told me about. I booked them um, within a short, very short period. And I, I'm just, I just said to myself, I'm going to do all of that and I'm going to go out the next week and I'm just, I'm going to get my first patient. And my first patient was my sister. Lovely. <laughs> Bless her. Um, yeah. Um, and then after that, um, I still was a bit nervous. So then I did a competition on Instagram um, and this was not only obviously to make awareness of the, my treatments, but it was also to basically do do treatment on a patient that would be happy with anything. Really, mm-hmm. I know that sounds bad, but literally <laughs> that was that was it. Like you're getting bonding for free. It's it's, it's going to be good. It might not be perfect, and yeah, and I just threw myself in the deep end and just tried to learn as much as I could. And I, obviously, there's still so much to learn. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I did. I just. I just took the leap. I just took the leap. I love how you took that leap. And the, the things that really resonated with me with that story and things I really want to just um, highlight again and repeat again is the big financial risk you took, right? Initially, that, okay, I'm going to book these three big courses. They're not cheap, right? You must spend, you know, over £3,000 easily, no. right? To, to book these um, so, and time out of work to book these courses. So the yeah. huge uh, investment you made initially. Uh, and you know what? A lot of dentists even uh, go on these courses and they don't apply what they know. So A, you took a huge financial uh, risk and you had to risk it, okay? If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. One of my mentors says that. Uh, And then the other thing, which reminded me of a Thomas Edison quote, which is, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work okay and you got to work Laura you you <laughs> saw this opportunity and instead of being like you know what it, it is gonna give me sleepless nights anxiety which it does which it will you you really just took it on board and you went for it so kudos to you and I love the way you did it in terms of treat someone you know first treat a nurse treat a family member that's a totally cool way to get your confidence level confidence levels up you know it makes so much sense and I love that you did that and then you have that competition that's just genius it's truly your entrepreneurial uh, side showing there that's amazing uh, anything more to add to that before we talk about then how you went further with that yeah I think probably the the biggest thing um is probably the occlusion side of things. I know, obviously, this is <laughs> your podcast. <laughs> um, but um, I think if I could go back, I would definitely learn more about that at the beginning, 100%, because I don't think I was clued up at the beginning. And there was lots of like chips and little things that I wish I'd known. Well done for, for telling everyone and sharing that experience, because that is so important. And I think you're one of the only uh, therapists I know who've gone on like a proper occlusion course. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put my feelers out there. If there's any uh, occlusion uh, courses out there for therapists, um, if not, then I would love to put, you know, I'd, well, we can do a little tag team, Laura. We can, me and you could do something like occlusion for edge bonding and bonding, specifically for therapists, because um, that needs to be out there if there isn't, if there isn't already. So I think that's a, such a great point. Otherwise, you will get chipping. So you need to uh, appreciate that. So tell us about which occlusion course you've done and which other courses that you found helpful in your journey to be able to provide a bonding to the level and the quantity that you do now. Yeah, so I think, um, so my first course was the mini smile makeover course with Depeche Palmer um that was amazing it probably was a little bit out of my depth because it was the first course and they started talking about you know opaques and tints and I was like (laughs) but then also like really really excited so um probably that that probably should have been my second course my first my second course after that was um Monix totally composite uh the two get two day 
course. I really liked that. Uh, that was fantastic because it included posterior as well. Um, and then Smile Fast, which I'm a big champion of um, because they have so much support for therapists in terms of the, the design stage. So I think that's something that, um, you know, therapists might struggle with a little bit because, you know, we have to be able to offer the patient all the options. I can't say to the patient, I'm offering you composite bonding because that's all I can do. Mm -hmm. You need to know, you know, is this patient an ortho patient? If it is, I can refer you. Um, so smile fast have that system where you basically get told, you know, what's appropriate treatment. So that was uh, one of the best courses. Um, and then occlusion, I obviously did your occlusion 2020, which was an absolute marathon. Um, and then I've done, um, Raj's uh, occlusion day and that was so intense like I I never heard the word like centric like occlusion uh. all these things and he and he's just throwing it out there and I was just absolutely mind blown at the end of it so that was fantastic I learned so much about cases red flags because I think that's something that maybe therapists don't know enough about is mm -hmm. occlusion um you know picking up cases that you maybe shouldn't be treating, you know, full mouth rehab, stepped occlusion, all that stuff, Tim, Tim J disorders. So I think um, that was fantastic. And then recently I, I'm doing a postgraduate diploma in restorative aesthetic dentistry for therapists um, with the Smile Academy. Oh, it's how, far, how far into that are you now, Laura? Yeah, so I, I, we just did our fourth day. Um, and I think we've got 10 over the course of the year. So, And we just did our occlusion course last weekend, which was amazing. We learned how to use face bows. Amazing. Well, do you guys know any other therapist who does this level of courses? I don't think so. So it just shows, right? This is why Laura um, is doing what she's doing. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to really champion you, Laura, because I, I love what you're doing. And I think it, it, it took some sacrifice. It took, took some risk. Okay. Um, you are a risk taker. You are someone who's an action taker, Laura. I mean, it's, it's clear to see that you are someone who takes massive action. Whether it's, I've had enough, I'm leaving this profession, to I'm coming back, but I'm coming back with a big vengeance. You make big decisions. And I think the, the key takeaway here is, if you're not happy with something, if you're if you're struggling with something, if you're waking up thinking, you know what, is this really what I'm doing? Then take massive action. Whether it's finding something else or going, finally making that decision that you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a huge risk and go on these courses to upskill and then start offering this to my patients because that's really the. I didn't. I didn't actually title a lot of podcast episodes. I title before I record them. Your one I left open because I really want to see which direction it's going to go in. But it's been so inspiring. So I know I'm going to have a, a real fun time thinking of a really apt title for you. Um, um, what, is there anything you want to add to that, Laura? Because the next theme I want to touch on is just before we um, wrap up is about the whole nursing situation. But anything you want to touch on that for the, regarding the bonding side? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, you can never learn enough. I definitely think, you know, whether you're a dentist or a therapist, I think therapists, you know, we, we're trying to fight to be recognized. We always have. So I think, you know, the more knowledge you have um, and the more you work with your team as well, you know, Jazz, you're so helpful. I know I can always just walk into your room and say, hey, I've got this case. Can we work together? And all? Are you going to need suggestions? I think being open and having good relationships with your colleagues and, you know, good teamwork is so important. I, I, I know that I, you know, I need you guys, um, not only just for prescription, but also for your knowledge and all of that. So I think it should always be teamwork. 
um, not just me solely working by myself because I'll never know enough. I'll always have stuff to learn. But that's so, yeah. all right, actually, Laura. And I think, um, you know, you're right. We I think we do have a nice support network. Sometimes, and I've got like a ceramic veneer case coming up, a really complex uh, orthodontic case. I might just pitch it to Hap and like, Hap, am I going the right way? Um, equally with you, we, we talk about bonding cases. Uh, we talk about perio cases together. And so it's so nice to have that support network, uh, which is so key. So if you're if you're working and you feel isolated, um, then, then find a... And that's support network doesn't necessarily have to be at the workplace if you don't have one um, there's so many online communities if you want to join our telegram group we've now got the protrusive dental podcast the protrusive telegram group which has been amazing like someone at like 2am asked a question about caries detection dye and by 5am we have like five different like opinions on it like just like that um, so it's really cool to have a, a support network like that uh, Laura tell me about what is the situation nowadays with the whole nurse thing like I just found it shocking when I qualified and, you know, year by year by year that hygienist therapists are working alone. Like, how are you even supposed to think about implementing EMS, implementing bonding when you're working alone? It's just not going to happen. That's the first huge barrier. What is the state of play with that? So I think it's still a little bit stuck. Um, we've got a long way to go. Um, people are definitely, you know, opening up to the idea of having a nurse. But I think, yeah, still a long way to go. I... I, when I first qualified, I didn't have a nurse. Um, but when I came back, I basically said, I, I want one, otherwise I'm not going to work. And I think a lot of therapists, we just need to just be firm and stand our ground and eventually things will change. Um, you know, we shouldn't be taking jobs that are paying, you know, really low wages and have no nursing support or anything like that because it's just it's not fair on you as a clinician but it's also not fair on the patient um i i worked the other day i think one of our nurses turned was was sick or whatever so i ended up working the day without a nurse and i was exhausted i couldn't i couldn't write my notes up properly because i was too busy cleaning i was too busy cleaning instruments like you you need to be able to focus on the patient and the only way to do that is to have nursing support um so yeah i i think it has to be a must you're right last friday was really tough actually so one of our nurses um, she had um, a flooding in her kitchen or something like that so uh, we're like she's coming she's coming oh, yeah. she's coming uh, and i bless you you had to sacrifice your nurse to come to me because i think she was supposed to, so thank you so much but yeah, you're right you know <laughs> everyone should have a nurse and uh, we can't possibly tackle that um in this episode but maybe this episode will help to change the mindset uh, of of some principals who want to be forward thinking or of some therapists maybe what you've done here laura is given them that spark to, to help them to give them that confidence to, to stand their ground um laura this is awesome you've, you've covered yeah. all my questions but is there anything else you want to just this episode's been one of those inspiring ones i've recorded I, I really loved it but can you tell anything else i feel like you got more in you is there any any message you want to give out to therapists young therapists who are starting their journey I think uh, so. This is some, something that I did when I first decided to put myself out there. What you do is you, you you're speaking to a patient about you know you know initially they might have you know what they want their teeth whiter or they want something changed and you have the conversation with them. You, you talk them through some of the options and you and you tell them that you'll write them a treatment plan. You take photos, whatever. And then when the patient leaves, you go, "Oh my god, now I've got to learn how to do that." <laughs> because what you what you do. Honestly, what you do is you basically set yourself here and then you give yourself two weeks to learn how to do it. And then that's how you learn and grow because that's the only way to keep adapting because otherwise I wouldn't have done anything. You know, when I first did, um, you know, three to three, there's, I was absolutely terrified. And I was, as I said, Googling, YouTubing, 
asking all my peers for help. But as soon as you do it, you learn so much by doing it. And you just need to put yourself out there. So I would say, you know, take that leap of faith and just go for it. That was so, so, so real. That was so real. I loved it. And it reminded me of another quote. Let me share this quote. Okay, so what you said there was this, okay? It's Richard Branson's quote. If someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you're not sure if you can do it, Say yes, then learn how to do it later. Yeah. Like, it's not like you were doing stupid stuff, but it was stuff that you had, you've been on the course and stuff, but it's the first time that you're going to do it wherever. But you say yes, but then you figure it out later. Yeah. And in the same vein, I'm a big fan of, and this, uh, this whole episode come about courses and stuff. I get asked by dentists all the time, like, which courses do I do, blah, blah. So the, the main thing I want to, message I want to get out is the following, that with the courses, there's something called just-in-time learning. Because I know that I, there's so many things I want to learn out there. There's so many things I don't know and I need to learn. But I can't just, like, randomly wake up today be like okay today i'm gonna learn about uh improving my root canals for curved teeth but i haven't got a curved tooth lined out for the next three years mm-hmm. and i just refer them anyway but if you actually do just in time learning i.e you find that case who needs who's got that curved root first and then you say okay is this pushing it too much or is this slightly above my beyond my comfort zone if you're slightly beyond your comfort zone you say to the patient we can go to the specialist but I'm happy to give it a go as well and if the patient's happy then you go about okay speaking to mentors speaking to endodontists call Amar Al-Hurani and asking about curved molars that kind of stuff and then you give give it your best shot and in this world of defensive dentistry I think there's still a place for this because this is how we grow yeah you can't expect to know everything and be able to do everything um, yeah. <clears throat> Laura, I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been absolutely sensational. I want every single therapist, every single dentist in the world to hear this because this is going to be just next level. It's going to get people's, like people are going to be bouncing at the end of this episode. Like, yes, I'm ready for the world. I'm going to do everything. So thank you so much, Laura, for sharing your journey, sharing your vulnerabilities, sharing your fears, sharing, putting yourself exposed. And I, I mean that in a, such a lovely way. Like, thank you so much because that's how we inspire others, like sharing uh, our, our lowest lows and our weakest points and then and how we can build everyone up. So Laura, you've been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end, guys. What did I say, right? I told you Laura's story would be so freaking inspiring. Like she is just an amazing person uh, and I just love uh, the, how real she was. She was like, you know, real talk. So I, I appreciate that uh, so much from Laura. And if you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for listening. If you're already one of the Petru Serrati, thank you so much for returning time and time again. Make sure on our Facebook group, the Petru Serrati community. We also have such a thriving Telegram group. Initially, when someone suggested about having a WhatsApp group, I had my reservations, right? I was like, well, I just don't want to be like one, another one of these groups where the people are just spamming the whole time or one of these dead groups where no one actually talks or whatever. Uh, and I had my reservations. Uh, uh, and then I made the WhatsApp group and it got completely oversubscribed. So now we move to Telegram, right? So if you want to join the Telegram group, go to protrusive.co.uk forward slash Telegram, okay? And make sure you actually have the app Telegram, download it, okay, obviously. Uh, and then that will take you to my group and you can join it. Uh, and it is amazing. There's about, you know, 270 of us at the moment and it's such an engaged group. People are just asking random questions and everyone's so helpful. So the reason I think the group works so well is that we have people who are cut from the same cloth, people who are just passionate about dentistry and just want to help each other, the kind of person who listens like you to this podcast. So um, join the Telegram group. And one more favor, please, is if you listen on Apple, would you mind giving this a rating? Okay, just give it a rating, give me some feedback and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate that. Uh, I'll catch you in the next episode. I'm going to launch my podcast calendar soon. And one more update is... August will be a month of back to basics. Like quite a few of you messaged me saying, Jazz, I love the podcast, but some of them are really complex. Can you just dedicate uh, some episodes to 
back to basics. So we're going to cover perio, the basics of perio, basics of collusion, treatment planning 101, and a few others. And like the fun, something fundamental, like when to actually restore or when to actually drill a restoration, what actually defines leakage in amalgams? At what point should you say, okay, this amalgam has failed and this amalgam is doing okay? Something so fundamental, but something that uh, is so open to debate amongst different dentists. So I've got a really awesome dentist coming on for that as well. Anyway, thanks for listening all the way to the end and I'll catch you in the next episode. Same time, same place. Thank you.